live from the state where Coinbase cut me off. <laughs> Is it California? <laughs> Coming to you from Rustin Tustin. <laughs> In the morning, Nathan Penetration. In the morning, Brian Black. I can't cash my uh, any of my stuff in Coinbase. They want a photo ID. How much are you trying to pull? Any of it. I can't send or receive. Oh, wait. Okay. Actually, let me rephrase that. I'm remembering now because I just wrote it in the show notes real fast. I can't trade in and out of the Coinbase system. That's the problem. I can cash it. Oh, okay. Hmm. But cash Coinbase, it, it sounds better. It's more alliterative for the opener. Where are you trying to trade? Like, what are you trying to... I just tried to send some money at work. Just, you know, here's From 10 Coinbase? bucks or something. Yeah. Huh. Photo ID. They say, no, fuck you. That sucks. Well, I have a way around it. They, there was no mechanism in the Coinbase app to ask for a photo ID or to submit one because the app was secondary for Coinbase. So on my iPad, which is running iOS 9, I start that thing up. I can use the old Coinbase. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. I can send, I can receive. It's using some like older, probably almost deprecated API that doesn't require that I submit a photo ID. So that's my workaround. Huh. It won't last hmm. long. I'm drinking a Red Bull Cola again. I saw that you had the ginger one. Yeah, I picked up uh, one of those at the gas station, and it was good. I drank it really quickly. That's good that they have them back in distribution. It's not just on Amazon. They're pricey, though. It's more expensive than a regular Red Bull. That sucks. Buy a tonic water. That's a fucking damn expensive tonic water. How much? It's like two seventy five for an eight point four ounce can. Yeah, and then on Amazon it's only uh, fifty dollar twenty four packs. It's kind of dumb. Well, for when soda. it's when it's two, what do you say it was fifty dollars? Yeah. So you're getting them about uh, what would that be? About two dollars a can. Eh, that's cheaper than it would be in the store. Still, I think they're trying to get you to subscribe so that you pay forty eight dollars. Because every time I go and I look at it, it says $48, but I'm like, oh, well, I only want to do a one-time purchase. I don't want it shipped to my house every month. Does that include the CRV? Like, or do you have to pay extra for the CRV with that? I don't know. Because that's a deal. Because 24, uh, 24 cans at $0.10 cents a can, that's $2.40 in CRV you have to pay if you bought that from the store. I'm not, think- I'm not doing that much math. It's ten cents a can times twenty four is two two dollars and forty cents. So, yeah. yeah, that's what's the like. If you ever go into CVS and they have those packs of water for like, it'll be like two dollars for a twenty four pack of water. It's like, whoa, what a deal! And then you go and check out, and it ends up being five dollars. You're paying more in fucking the scam recycling shit than you're the you're paying for the water. Out of principle, I like I went into CVS and that happened to me. And out of principle, I said, uh, fuck it, I'm not buying this. I'll just go buy a giant jug of water and then only pay one ten cents recycling fee. 
as opposed to 24 times. It's did just you scam. bring your own bag or did you pay for a bag? The five, how about the $5 recycling or uh, the $5? Uh, every time we buy a monitor, you have to pay $5 for that fucking bullshit uh, recycling fee because they have supposedly have mercury in them, but they never changed that because now the new OLED displays, they do the same thing. They still charge you the same fucking $5 when you buy it, but there's no mercury in those displays. Yeah, there's no mercury in them. There was only like maybe, maybe some of the CFL ones. It's a scam. Like everything with this fucking gay ass state. Wow. Yeah, the state really. Depending how this next election goes, that's going to determine my long term future here. Because if that fucking psychopath Patrick Bateman gets in office, uh, kiss your ability to own a so called assault weapon, aka any semi automatic fucking gun in existence, goodbye. And knowing him, they'll probably enforce it, too. They'll probably send goons to your fucking house. I, I wouldn't be worried about it. Did, <clears throat> was the land party last weekend? This yeah. Last weekend? Saturday. Uh, that was fun. You got to see what it was like to be on the superior side in uh, Left 4 Dead versus... The superior side. As I recall it, we... We did win, but it was a pretty close competition. No, not towards the end. We stomped them. We won by like 500 points. There was only it only got close about halfway through because I got like killed in some bullshit weird scenario like twice. And it was like a three versus four and we still made it farther than them. Maybe I'm the X factor. That's it. It was all because of you. <laughs> so that's why I I did I made... have the most point totals every game. I didn't want to brag about it, but I was like, <laughs> I was keeping an eye on it. And I was like, I, I didn't pay attention at, the, at all. I was I sending text messages at the very end of the game. I kind of like subtly like I think I nudged you and I pointed at my screen. <laughs> I was like, yeah, look at that. <laughs> uh, um, I was just I was distracted by my phone. I went uh I went uh jet skiing in the San Diego Harbor and went all the way under the Coronado Bridge. That was interesting. Have you ever been jet skiing in the ocean? Uh yes. Hawaii. It's much more di- much different than jet skiing in a lake. Because you gotta follow all those fucking bullshit five mile an hour no wake zones that last for like half a mile and they have like Nazi uh, harbor patrol there that even if you go one mile over they'll set you a $400 ticket so like you have to like there's a lot going on in that San Diego area so that's not surprising the harbor is interesting there because you get to see like all of the the Navy stuff going on like there's just stuff going on all around you there's like twin prop helicopters coming in for landings they're like doing drills on the ship and then they're sending off boats from the the ship like to the other side of the harbor yeah you're just a visitor yeah but uh there's a lot of wakes in the harbor there when you're going fast on a jet ski going off of those wakes when already rough water it's it's yeah it's fun it's scary too at the same time felt like i was going to capsize a few times 
And you're also totally responsible for whatever happens to the jet ski while you're out there. So if you suck up any seaweed, you got to jump off, get underwater, reach your hand in this metal cage and rip the, the seaweed out. That sounds like Otherwise, a bad idea. Yeah. There's sharks and stuff in there. The ocean's a completely different animal than a lake. In a lake, you got nothing to worry about. Jump out in the water in the lake. It's like, you know, what is there, trout in there and maybe sea bass? No, Loch Ness. Nessie's in there. No, not not in like Lake Tahoe or Big Bear Lake. We've had long discussions about the Loch Ness monster on this show. You brought Nessie up multiple times. Well, and there's Champ. There's, there's got to be more like than Champ playing too. Yeah, there's Champ, and then something else. I think there's one in Canada too. But um, yeah, it was that was fun. Those things are fast. They're brand new ones. I think I got up to like fifth, almost fifty knots, or fifty. That would really hurt. Fifty miles an hour. Yeah, they maxed out at sixty-five, which is insanely fast on water. I couldn't imagine yeah. going faster than I was going. It gets pretty painful in a boat. Feel it on your nuts. I had to like stand up and use my like legs as shock absorbers. That's why I want to do one of those. Have you ever been on one of those stand up only ones? No. They're cool because they're super light and they're easy. If you if you fly off of it, like or you fall off the back of it, that you can just easily get back on it. You just grab onto the handles, you give it a little gas, and then you and you pull your feet up and you just pull yourself up on it instead of having to like get on the side and like hope the thing doesn't capsize while you're trying to put one foot on the side of it and then flip your other foot over like you're getting on a horse um i the the stand-up ones i i want to i'm kind of tempted to like see if i can get one on craigslist like a piece of shit one for like a grand and to see if i can fix it up myself and then take it out in the ocean like in laguna or something like that and i just like go into like like some breaking waves you know and get like 10 feet of air It'd probably end badly, but it'd be fun. 10 feet. Have oh, you, you get so much air with those things. Have you jumped five feet? Your I own, probably got like even your own body height. Just jumped off something that high. It hurts when you land with your. Yeah, but that's not, landing on cement or concrete with your. That's what your, the ocean feels like when you're standing in a jet ski or a sea do. No, because it, it, it has give like the initial impact sucks but then it has give and then you sink in the water whereas if you're landing on cement you're there's no give your bones give and your muscles but the ground doesn't i'm gonna play that clip when i read your obituary <laughs> five feet isn't enough I, five feet is high what i meant okay what I, i'm not Drunk I don't mean man dies okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not t- not ten feet of air, but like going off of like a uh uh like a ten foot swell, that would be cool. Yeah, and maybe would. get maybe like ten, maybe get like a f- you know five or six feet of air, and those things you can dive down in the water. You have to know what you're doing, but you can dive down in the water with them. Like the nose can go underwater, and you can go underwater with a thing and then come back up. That'd be hard to hang on. Yeah, you gotta have a strong grip. But if you have like good uh, gloves and like good uh, like uh, water shoes on, you could you could stay on them. I saw when I was in the river at the river in Arizona, I saw girls on those things going across the water, like 
like hitting wakes and stuff like that. Like, so if a girl can do it, I can do it. Cool. But, Did you have the kill switch and everything hooked up? Uh, well, key. yeah, yeah, you have to do that because that would suck to have that it. thing just take off, keep going. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> doesn't stop till crashes it runs in, out. Crashes into the side of another boat. Oh my god, there's some boat the boats in that harbor too. Some of those are like at least a million dollars. Uh, you're whispering. Oh, I was rubbing my eyes when I said that. No, no, no. like some of the ships that are in that harbor are worth way more than that. Oh yeah. I'm just talking about the average. Like I think there's I, a Russian was... billionaire. He's his yacht's still there in San Diego. Yeah. I don't know if it's the guy, there was this uh, Russian billionaire that has this yacht. You can't take photos of supposedly because lasers, um, <laughs> sounds really stupid saying it out loud. He has lasers that try to stop you from photographing it. Like, the fuck they're they look for reflections and then there's some little like dazzler that tries to dazzle the cmos sensor on your camera huh it's when also rpg proof when's the last time you've been to san diego like the city like downtown uh, i don't know like a year and a half ago it's, it's kind of strange because it's the the layout it it's very similar to Seattle, the layout, like where the 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 port's located, where the airport's lo well, the airport actually no, it's not like Seattle, but the city area and like the way the streets are oriented, there's a lot of one way streets and you gotta like go and make like three lefts to turn or three rights to turn around, like overlapping roads, like following Apple Maps while I was down there, just within like a a five mile radius was a total pain in the ass it's very it's a city that's better you're better off riding a bike through than driving it's a pain in the ass and the parking sucks it's expensive everywhere you go um the harbor if you wanted to go out of the harbor the harbor is, is connected to the airport parking so when we were leaving we were getting stuck in all of the traffic of the people leaving the airport and they force you onto this one little street that connects to the five so everybody's going up that one street and it was just it took 40 minutes almost to get out of the where the uh uh the airport the harbor slash airport area was to the five freeway so that i don't know if i would do that again going out of that area but maybe up north a little bit like solana beach or um like del mar you know like those areas i i would probably go to like I haven't, I've actually that was the third time in my life that I've actually been to uh, downtown San Diego. Wait, are you saying you flew? No, I drove. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that every time I've been to San Diego, well, except for three times, every time that I've been to San Diego, the county was in Mission Valley, which I like a lot. I would actually consider living in Mission Valley if I had work down there, but downtown is a mess worse than la in my opinion as far as getting around we got this airbnb there it looked perfect second story right next to all kind it's it's near one of the streets of the bars um and anyway there was construction and a train station right there and it looks like this really cool uh studio apartment that's really big really modern lots of concrete and stuff 
but there's 120 decibel construction <clears throat> and trains right outside your window. So first thing in the morning, you hear trains and uh, jackhammers. Uh, yeah, it, it was not nearly as nice as we thought. That that rail system that they have that goes between Mission Valley and downtown is super loud too. I was sitting on the balcony at our hotel room, literally for three hours straight. I could hear it. It was like every 20 minutes it would go by and it was super loud. It was just like this loud, like screeching noise that didn't sound like a train at first, but I, I saw it going by and I knew that's what it was. It sounded like kind of like a plane on takeoff, you know, but you know when it's like far away and it's kind of like slightly... It's not like a plane flying overhead, but it's like a plane that's like, you know, it's already flown overhead and it's like ascending yeah. and it's you can kind of hear it in the background. It was like that noise every 20 minutes. So that would be fucking annoying, but can't be as bad as a train going right by. Because you get vibrations with a train too. All that weight. All right. Um, you want to talk about the MacBook Pro thing? I think we talked about that last week. We did. You you were talking about how the i9s, yeah, the i9 was running too hot and it would throttle well, and run they slower all than the were i7. Throttling. i7 or the i9 should have benchmarked. <laughs> should have benchmarked faster than the i7. And it wasn't. So what we're getting at is they patched it. i9 now benchmarks faster and does not throttle like it used to. Same with the i7 and the i5. Even the 13-inch had the same problem. But they have this kind of like really vague explanation. And they said that they they missed their... Uh, I want to look at the exact quote, but it's going to take me too long to find it. Something about the digital keys not being in the firmware, which are they talking about a uh, like a key value or are they talking about a digital cryptographic key I don't know I would think it would be some kind of cryptographic key signature that they're referring to but they weren't clear the interesting story that's relevant to me is the story about the T2 related crashing and that T2 chip is the I don't know which iPhone that that chip comes from, but it's their custom secure boot um, co-processor that Apple's putting on their Pro machines so far, the iMac Pro, MacBook Pro, and they just upgraded on this latest MacBook Pro, and it's the T2 versus the T1, and there's been these reports of people getting kernel panics, and the error report saying something about Bridge OS. I've experienced this like four times. Oh really? I was gonna. Ask I have you not you... experienced it since the update, the last That's update. Good. But my computer hasn't been on for more than a week because the update came out, and then we immediately we immediately went to a LAN party. So I had to turn my computer off. I assumed that these crashes were caused by my uh, uh, GTEC G Raid because it's like a, a Thunderbolt device that potentially has direct memory access, and if it has something weird going on with it. Maybe there's some incompatibility right now. I just assumed it would get patched. It may have been patched. I haven't had a problem since then, but I have experienced it multiple times. 
So what's the fix for that, though? I mean, I know they patched it already, but just, if, if it's... They'll fix whatever the issue is. Is that a, a soldered on part of the motherboard? Mm. I would assume it is. It's not really clear to me. It, I think it's separate. But with the MacBook Pro and, well, with the MacBook Pro, it's going to be soldered onto the main board. But with the iMac Pro, I think it's separate. Huh. But it controls my uh, my storage. Same with the MacBook Pro. The, the uh, T2 actually has some kind of cryptographic key in it. And it's always encrypting the contents of the SSD. The SSD is never unencrypted, even when you turn off File Vault. Technically, turning on File Vault, I think, is just redundant encryption. So I think the memory is somehow tied to the chip. You cannot separate them, or you can't read the data. My guess is they made it so that if somebody breaks into the Apple campus, steals the SSD out of an iMac Pro, or one of the MacBooks while an employee is out on work or something, or goes into China... Even if they image the SSD perfectly, or they take the SSD, put a different one in, the data will never be readable without that companion T2 chip and the huh. associated password. That's my guess. So, what if you needed to get the data? Well, those drives are PCI Express drives in your machine, right? In mine, they are, yeah. So, you could take them out and image them and then pop the SSD is back onto this board, I think, and it would still read it. Okay. I think. Who knows? Someday I'm probably going to find out because they're in a striped raid. So I'm twice as likely to have data loss. Which is why I have a crazy backup system. Multiple time machine backups. Every hour it alternates to a new one. Uh, multiple cloud backup sor uh, source no, destinations. And I've been experimenting with Backblaze B2, which is like an inexpensive Amazon S3 type object storage. They have some API that everything communicates through. It's not like they use SIFs or any network, like old school network sharing. Um, the storage cost, I've got to pull up the calculator. What do you use for backups? Do you do any cloud backups besides iCloud backup? Uh, on my desktop machine, I only do backups to my server, and then I have um, file vault or file history, which is like kind of the built-in Windows yeah, those file backups, archiving. Unless there's a second copy, you have a separate storage device that the information's on. Or are you just talking yeah. about versioning? It's on an external drive. Oh, okay, that's yeah. Okay, how much storage do you think you have? I'll calculate how much it'll cost on Backblaze B2. Five terabytes? 10, uh, 20? The stuff that's uh, not just taking it like from install, like programs, um, probably, I'd say like two terabytes. With Backblaze B2, that would cost $10 a month. It's not bad. $158.25 a month, assuming you increase 10 gigs per month and download, no, upload 100 gigs per month, download 10 gigs per month, 
maybe delete five. That's what they have built in here. So after a year, that would end up, all those operations would cost $158. That's not bad. Yeah. And then S3, the same thing would cost $665 for the year. Fuck that. That's four times the price. Yeah. And Almost it's, four. it's close to the same price on every other cloud provider. I don't know how Backblaze B2 is so cheap. They have all these write-ups and uh, analysis of the failure rates of different drive types too. So when you go to buy a drive, look up, just do a search for Backblaze uh, hard drives 2018 and they'll have a list of out of all their four terabyte drives, which one was the worst? All of their 10 terabyte drives, which one was the worst? Then you can potentially go on Amazon, look up the serial, not the serial number, but the model number, try and order one relatively soon because they're made separate. They're, they're made in batches. So one year's uh, 10 terabyte drive with a certain model number may not be the same as the one from the previous year. But then hopefully you'll get one of the good drives that doesn't have a high failure rate because some of them are really bad. Looks like the Western Digital 3 terabytes the best. Oh, you Googled it? Well, based on Backblaze's uh, year? thing. Are you looking at uh, Because why would April they April 1st, 2018 through June 30th, 2018. Uh, Western like Digital... Uh, yeah, hold on. What's the sample size, too? Is that one of their small sizes? Uh, it's... That- it's not a massive Channel size, Nate, but the, the biggest size one com. is uh, the Seagate 4 terabyte. That's got a 1.85% failure rate. Actually, probably the best one would be the HGST 4 terabyte because that's got a 0.26% failure rate and it's got 1,384,000 drive days. Or 1,000. 1, no, yeah, 1,384,000 drive days. The Seagate ST8000 one? HGST. The Seagate one... Uh, yeah, they have uh, an 8 terabyte one that's got a relatively good same amount of drive hours. Very few 0.67%, yeah. But it's got 24 drive failures, though, versus 10 with the HGST. And the HGST has a higher. The, you're still drive talking days. less than one percent. Right. That's totally within the margin of error. But I guarantee you, the HGST drives cheaper than the Seagate. HGST is supposed to kind of be like uh, that. That Western Digital bought them. That was Hitachi's drive division. At four terabytes, it's not going to be cheaper. It's going to cost more per gig because it's so much older, and. Oh, yeah, I didn't see it was a four. Okay. And uh, you're going to be paying twice the electricity for the same storage. So, but are these enterprise, are these all enterprise drives or are they? It's a mixed bag. You'd have to look up the model number. Yeah, because these Western digital drives, I know they have like black and blue and 
different. They have uh, an E in their model number though, so those might be enterprise. Yeah, have, it's gotta be. Can't pull them out because they're live. And I did mention them on a previous show, but I have two enterprise drives. I have a Western Digital and I think a Seagate. And I think the Seagate was helium, and it's all silver, even the sides. You know how drives are normally black with the silver top? Okay, yeah. This is all one piece. I don't think there was a seam to it. It was all Hermetic, Hermetically sealed. Yeah, I've seen yeah. those. It looks really cool. But one of those two 12 terabyte drives is clicking, and it drives me insane. You know that bad <laughs> click? Like, clink. Clink. When it sounds like it's crunching, that's the worst. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. It sounds like the drive is flying to the like the edge of the the case and just hitting the wall. Yeah, that's uh that's annoying. So Backblaze B2 and then the other storage provider that I like to use so far is actually Google Drive because all the backups are encrypted. Google isn't sitting there rifling through them uh, analyzing things because I really don't trust them for that because I've actually I've uploaded things to S3 then used their link shortener the Google bots went into a one gig zip file opened it up and then killed the link because they said it contained copyrighted content which is scary yeah so I don't trust Google for any of that stuff but when you have a Google business account you can get unlimited storage Right now, I'm over five terabytes. And there's no better deal than that. Yeah, because you got like some, not like a loophole, but like you got grandfathered into something with them. It seems like you can get 10 uh, unlimited storage at any time now. As long as you have a Google a G Suite business account. Hmm. That was rebranded. It's always been Google Apps, but. Yeah. G Suite sounds stupid. I know. It sounds like G Spot. Yeah, G-string. You get your G-string business account, and they give you a 50-gallon bucket of lube from Amazon. <laughs> Have you seen these Intel C3800 Atom chips? They've got a 12-core no. and a 16-core that pull like 17 watts. No hyper-threading. C8300? Yep. Charlie 3800. E East, oh, I'm not seeing that. I see E. Oh, C E. No, 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 no. Uh, sorry. I'm gonna just grab my link here. Incoming. It is the C three eight five zero. And the three nine five zero is the sixteen core. 16 meg cache. I don't know if that's an L2. It must be. It's 24 watts. Yeah. Really low. Low power. Lots of cores. Perfect for a NAS. Yeah. But isn't a NAS still going to be more single core oriented though than uh? No. Definitely not. Why would it? Depend. Well, it depends on what... When you say a NAS, what are you talking about? Are you talking about... Just a NAS box 
Or are you talking like just strictly there just for dumping files onto through a share, like a Samba share? Or are you talking about like uh, an actual NAS based OS like FreeNAS or OMV or Either. Uh, maybe, maybe with FreeNAS, I don't know. As far as I know, OMV doesn't really take advantage of more than two cores. As far as I know, it does. I've I've, I've read it's up on document. I've read up on documentation that the plugins and stuff like that, you're not going to get any in- increased performance running Plex or anything like that. You're better off running a higher performance single-threaded CPU. That's than, a Plex problem. But that 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 where that changes is that if you've got uh, multiple people accessing the NAS at once, then you want more cores. So if you got, uh, you're, you know, if you've got two, if you got two users accessing a NAS at any point, you're probably fine with a dual core. And if, if it's a, if it's a good dual core, then that's going to be good enough to do two 1080p encoding, uh, streams. If the, if the, if the transcoding is done on the, the box on the, the device itself, Whereas those NAS appliances that you can buy, like, um, well, there's QNAS and then there's Drobo and what, what's the other? There's some I'm missing, but those, they're very, very limited. And I know those are like all enclosed systems, but I have no idea what kind of chips they run in those. I don't know if those are little arm chips, most arm or AMD. Um, Obviously, this would be way better than that, but this is, this is a lot of money, though, to spend on a CPU for an ass. $389 for an Atom. That's what a top-of-the-line i7 costs. Or not top... Well, uh, a K-series top-of-the-line chip. That's what it'll cost for an i7. Yeah, I think this is basically like one of their low-power server chips. Because this has ECC RAM, support for 256 well, gigs of RAM. It's perfect for a FreeBSD ZFS box. So the board will probably be a thousand dollars because these aren't—they're not socketed chips. Atoms are all embedded; they're all soldered in. So, oh, you're gonna, yeah. There's no atom chips you can just buy because they're—they're—they're tiny. They're—they're little. They're—they're not the same form factor as what a Pentium or a an i3 or an i any of the i series chips are. So they're always they're always an SOC board, and then you can, depending on what generation the chip is, it'll have the the same uh, Intel chipset that like the other boards will have, like the Pentium boards and stuff like that. This is what all of your future PFSense boxes are going to run because all future versions of PFSense will require AES&I, the Intel instruction set. Or the equivalent on AMD. I've been reading a lot of stuff that Intel is... They're dropping the ball. That, yeah, and Apple's moving away from them. And maybe that's this is going to be the last series of Macs that we're gonna, MacBooks that we're going to see with Intel chips. At it's least possible. i-series chips. Yeah, they're way behind. They're still on 14 nanometers. Relative to the rest of the industry, they're way behind. They were supposed to have a 10 nanometer chip supposedly that had all kinds of other capabilities and all they've been able to do is just go well look over here and then produce a new multi-core chip built on the older technology that's physically bigger 
and can now draw more power than its TDP. So it'll say it's a 40 watt, 45 watt TDP, but you can boost a single core to like 4.8 gigahertz or whatever, and it'll draw like 60 watts doing that. Which means it gets hotter, could potentially drain the battery faster, it could potentially turn itself off and fail faster because of the huge dynamic range and the, the power draw. But that is kind of closer to what's going on with your iPhone too. Right. It can go from a, I don't know, probably a couple hundred megahertz to over a gigahertz, no problem. Channel, Nate, link to LinuxGizmos.com. That's Linux when an atom, that's what an atom, little tiny atom board looks like. That's a really tiny board that you sent me a picture of. That's like yeah. a, one a coaster for your pint glass. These are for it, what the, the they're they're going to use. These are what they're trying to use for those IoT devices. Wait, that's Single smaller dim. than a pint glass. Because the, one of those laptop dims is like the size of one of these little 8-ounce Red Bull Cola uh, cans. No, they're smaller than that. The width and, uh, of those sticks of RAM? Um, no, they're a little bit more narrow than a Red Bull can. I see what you're getting at, but they're not they're I'm not just saying that. that this little tiny computer you linked me is very coaster sized. Yeah, it's very small. But these, this specific example, this is like what they're going to use in the IoT stuff. So you'll see this could be who knows. I don't I don't know what you would need. Uh, thirty. What is this? I think this is a C thirty nine hundred. So this is even higher up than the thirty eight hundred that yeah, you're looking at. It's like a. And I don't know what this would be used for, but imagine like, you know, a super high powered refrigerator or something like that. I don't know. Wait, you, what is this one that you linked me? This is it's an, this is an IOT specific board with the Atom C3900 Atom in the middle of it. That chip in the middle is the Atom. It has a C3900 in it? Yeah. No way. And that's, yeah, it's a C3900. I just, hold on. Where does it say it? Hold on. Oh, okay, so they're going to use them in firewalls. That's what these are for. Yeah, PFSense. Apollo Lake. That's Pop. the newest one, right? Apollo Lake. I have no clue. Oh, wait, this is an E3900. I thought it was a C3900. What's that the makes sense. The E would be for embedded. This is even, this has got to be sub 5 watts. Oh, it's a, it's a quad core. It's 12 watts. Yeah, this then is it a needs a heatsink. I think this is just a picture of it without the heatsink on it. I think it's probably got some adhesive heatsink that just sits on the top of it. Oh, the whole thing is the heatsink. Oh yeah, that's that could be it too. Yeah, here's so, the actual. This wow, is the the RAM and everything's attached. That's separate. This is, the, this is a article from over a year ago, so these have been in in existence for a while now, but. I just I was trying to p find a picture of what an atom chip looks like embedded in a board without the uh, the heatsink on top of it. Here's here's an actual. This one's an actual board. This isn't good for for uh, no over the air, but just so you can see what I'm talking about. Channel Nate link to ibase.com. I think that's from the bottom though. So that you can see there's two NICs on there at the top, two sets of USB ports. Looks like an HDMI connector in between the serial and the uh, Ethernet. 
Yeah, what you sent me is more like book size. That's what I'd expect, a little handbook. Yeah. And I don't think that's a capped chip that you're showing me. I think this is probably an older Atom. This is the bottom of the board, I think, though. That could be the chipset chip on the bottom. I don't know. But that's what an Atom board usually looks like. They're really small. Yeah, Unless we're talking one over those... one right now. Yeah, but that one's a big board. That's like a micro ATX or a, at the mo at the least a mini ITX board in one of those super micro uh, rack mount enclosures. Is that what you're running? Yeah, yeah. Probably it's probably one, an yeah. at, it's probably an Atom D five two five. I bet. I don't remember. I just wanted super... one of their server like ones that supported large ECC RAM capacities. Yeah, Super Micro still sells that board with that chip. It's like a seven-year-old chip, and they still sell it new. I think people use them for firewalls. Or phone systems, PBX. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Um, what else do we got? I feel like we're missing something. Comic-Con so. Comic Con was last weekend. Did you see any of the new trailers for any of the stuff coming out? Was that in San Diego? Did you put your uh, furry butt plug in and uh, join everybody? Uh, I saw a lot of weirdos walking around when I was down there. This is the last was it in San Diego? That. Yeah, Comic-Con's in San Diego every year. Okay. It's the convention center right there in uh, downtown. Um, they had... What do they have? Godzilla, new Godzilla trailer. That looks cool. Um, Shazam, bunch of Marvel or uh, DC stuff. You probably don't care about it. Uh, Aquaman, Shazam. Uh, what am I missing? I don't know. I watched. I watched like three or four trailers. I saw you watch some trailer for some show that some movie that didn't look oh it was aquaman yeah aquaman eh, looks all right the <laughs> godzilla looks cool you should watch the trailer for that one it's like uh they're setting it up to be like um like all the kitschy old 60s um like japanese godzilla you know where he's fighting like the moth and all that stuff oh yeah like those are actually making an appearance in this one looks cool I got one last thing. Worms. Worms frozen in the permafrost for 42,000 years come back to life. Oh, jeez. Will you freeze your body before you die? I've always thought of that. Like, there's uh, there's this frozen, uh, like, uh, pandemic in, like, the Antarctic that killed off, like, uh, the aliens that left the planet uh, thousands of years ago. That's why they fled. And then an ice age happened, and it froze the, it froze the virus in the Antarctic. And then are you stating gonna, this as fact? That's why the elites don't want the the Arctic ice waters to melt because their their bases are down there, and they're gonna get infected or something. I'm just I don't know. I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. You almost made uh, my day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had the biggest smirk on my on my face. Would I freeze myself? No, because we're not nematodes. <laughs> it didn't work for Walt Disney and it didn't work for Adolf Hitler. Ah, uh, we'll see. 
I don't think Adolf Hitler froze himself. Walt Disney. Didn't we determine that he didn't? But we had this whole discussion about how he lost his head. There's a huge conspiracy that he's like frozen underneath the, the uh, Disneyland, uh, like the park grounds in Anaheim. I want to believe <laughs> his body's down there somewhere. Oh, well. Walt Disney cryogenically frozen. Let's see. Bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. Go to get good with GUD.net. And then get good. Click the image. You will smile. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate to support the show. And see you next week. Sayonara.